Hello, and welcome to the Communication, Gender, and Identity Podcast, a place where we discuss hot topics related to gender and the modern world. According to the CDC, one in four women and nearly one in 10 men have experienced contact sexual violence, physical violence, and or stalking by an intimate partner during their lifetime and reported some form of intimate partner violence-related impact. Over 43 million women and 38 million men experience psychological aggression by an intimate partner in their lifetime. My name is Melissa. I am a Mexican-American woman. I have witnessed intimate partner violence between my parents throughout my childhood. Due to this experience, I am very passionate about this topic and want to bring more awareness. This semester, I am taking a gender communications and family violence class. This has broadened my perspective on IPD. I have realized IPV can occur in all types of relationships. Not only have I witnessed IPV between my parents, I have also had countless friends and family share a similar experience. These experiences have been between heterosexual couples and homosexual couples. Most of the information out in the public is about IPV and heterosexual relationships. It is important to continue spreading awareness about IPV and heterosexual couples, but it is also important to include other types of relationships. It is important to share the stories of those in homosexual couples that have experienced IPV. With this podcast episode, I would like to share other stories that you have not heard before. When one thinks of IPV, they imagine a heterosexual couple. They may even imagine a middle-aged couple, but this isn't always the case. It can occur at any age and to any type of relationship. Here is my personal story of the IPV I witnessed. My parents were immigrant teenagers when they had me. My mother was 17 and my father 19. They struggled economically, which led to lots of stress and conflict in my household. I know both of my parents came from a violent background. They got together young and had me. Growing up, I witnessed physical abuse from my father towards my mother. It seemed to get better the older I got. Little did I know that even though the physical abuse seemed to stop, the the emotional abuse got worse. I didn't think very much of it growing up. To me, it was normal. I believed it happened in all households. In my Mexican culture, it is very common. I remember seeing this cycle with my parents. They would argue day and night. Eventually, it would lead to violent outbursts. My parents would sleep in separate bedrooms, but by the next morning, they seemed completely fine and in love. They would act as if nothing ever happened. This would lead me to feel confused and angry. I didn't understand how my mother could put up with such behavior. Now that I am older and have some lessons on IPV, I can recognize this cycle. It is a very common cycle. This is a cycle of violence created by Lenore Walker, 1997. There are three phases. It begins with the tension building. There are minor incidents of violence where the buildup of anger may occur. This phase may include verbal put-downs, jealousy, threats, and breaking things. It will eventually escalate to phase two. This is the acute or battering phase. This is where the major violent outbursts occur in actual physical violence. Then comes phase three. This is the honeymoon phase. In this phase, the perpetrator is remorseful and afraid of losing his or her partner. There are promises of change, gifts, and often temporary change for the better. 
but it's a cycle that continues to occur over and over again. As I mentioned earlier, in my parents' relationship, the physical violence eventually stopped, but the emotional and psychological abuse continued. I'm afraid my mother didn't see this. She believed everything was better because she wasn't being physically abused. I'm afraid many men and women feel the same way. That's why it is important to talk about emotional abuse. It's not okay to be emotionally and psychologically abused. Here are the major types of psychological abuse. They are isolation, economic abuse, degrading behavior, rigid sexual expectations, withholds of emotional response, monopolization, this is where the abuser must be center of the woman's life or man's life, and psychological destabilization. This is when the abuser makes the woman or man feel crazy. I also wanted to mention how this has affected me personally. Witnessing this abuse in my childhood made me a little desensitized to this issue. For a while, I believe this occurred in every family household. I am often shocked when friends tell me that they have never experienced this. As an adult, I have had to relearn how to express my emotions appropriately. In the past, I could feel tension building up inside and having the urge to punch or hit something. Luckily, I never reached this point, but it can be scary to even think about it. I believe this has something to do with a social learning theory. I witnessed my father express his anger by physically hitting my mother. It is the only way I really saw my parents express their anger. It is only natural for me to pick up this behavior, but I know better. I know I don't want to live the life my parents lived. I want to break the cycle that tends to continue through generations and my culture. This story just scratches the surface of IPV. This is my personal experience, but there are so many more stories that have not been shared. We do not hear enough about the homosexual couples that may also be experiencing IPV. With this podcast episode, I wanted to share other stories that may not be told in the media. It is not common to hear about IPV in homosexual relationships. It is not that it doesn't occur. It is simply underreported or not covered. I have a very close friend who is here to share her experience with IPV. She was in a homosexual relationship throughout college, and she would like to share her story. Here is Cindy Marie. Hello. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? Pretty good. How How's the coronavirus whole situation treating you? Um, it's kind of weird, you know, not really being able to go out and walking around, you know, everybody's got those masks on. It's kind of just like we're in, we're in a TV show, a really odd kind of scary TV show. But I mean, my life's not all that different. I'm an introvert. So I'm also just a home in the beginning anyway. Right. Um, so Cindy Marie and I have been friends since high school. So I've known her a long time. Um, would you say over 10 years now? Yeah. Yeah. So um, I'm sure you've heard the beginning of the podcast and we've been talking about IPV and relationships. And like I said, I wanted to cover other types of relationships, not just uh, heterosexual. So if you don't mind, let's talk about your past relationship. Is that okay? I'm very nervous about it, but it's fine. Okay. Well, I have a few questions to ask. 
nothing too, if it gets too personal, you don't have to answer it. So um, my first question is, describe your relationship. What was it like? How would you describe it? Um, overall, it was kind of like, I don't, I don't know if dictatorship is too strong of a word. Yeah. Um, it was very much like she was the boss and I was there to kind of follow her behind. Um, and if not disagreements and apologies on my part in one way or another okay so you would say like like you said dictatorship and um if i'm not mistaken this was your first relationship right yep first one ever and this was you were about 18 maybe yeah 18 yeah um and tell me how both of you met um she was my roommate when i went away to school um she she actually um wasn't supposed to be in the same room as me but the other girl um accidentally went into the other room had already unpacked her stuff and so I ended up being roommates with her um a soon-to-be girlfriend and um I mean it was fine at first she was just like you know a stranger obviously I was new to the school so was she um, and that's how we met. We were roommates. Okay. And did you have many other friends in that area? I know you moved away. No, I had, I had one girl that I kind of was friendly with. Um, I had met her during orientation, but you know, we didn't really talk much once school started. I barely saw her. Um, we were taking just so many different classes. College is so different from high school. So it took a long time for me to really even get close to anyone. Um, and I didn't really the whole four years. Right. So you were kind of vulnerable and yeah. um, she was maybe like your only friend and she was your roommate. So it was easier to create a bond, would you say, with her? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and let me see. Next question. Um, so, how long were you together? Um, just a week shy of three years. Okay, so almost three years. So, from your freshman year to your junior year, college? yeah, pretty much. Okay, and she was, I'm guessing, same like um, freshman also. Yeah, she was also a freshman. And you, okay. And has she been in previous relationships? Um, she had a high school relationship with a boy, but it wasn't really nothing. And then she had dated a girl, um, for a little bit, but it was kind of like, it was like one of those secretive relationships where, you know, your parents don't know, but you still take it pretty serious. Yeah. And, um, would you say you guys were pretty serious? Yeah, we lived together after we moved off campus and had an apartment together. Okay. And um, now getting into the IPV, did you notice um, the warning signs I talked about earlier? Did you notice any of them in your relationship? No, I had no idea. Um, I had no idea what warning signs were, what to look for, 
what they meant until I was deep in it. Right. So you were probably just happy to be in a relationship and have somebody that you didn't really. Yeah, at first, definitely. I was, I was smitten and I was like, oh, somebody actually likes me back. And, and it just, it just took a turn. And how did she make you feel? How would you describe that? Um, worthless, often, um, small, um, kind of like, like she would, she was pretty much my only option for love. Did she say things to you like, um, to make you feel small? Yeah. Um, Put you down or stuff? Yeah, yeah. She, I mean, she would do things that were like subtle hints that clearly I didn't know what I was doing, whether it was cooking or, you know, trying to fix something, cleaning, just like, you know, sly comments. And I remember there was uh, one incident where um, the campus had organized this like pain wall where you write, a word that um, is kind of like a trigger to you and uh, we would it would be they were building a brick wall out of it to later um, knock down like a symbolic type of thing and we went and we did it together and I remember I wrote a specific word on there um, and explained to her the background of why I thought that word was hurtful and you know where where I was coming from and all of that and soon after she started to use that word on me quite often Mm. that's too bad I'm sorry (laughs) and um do you think did she keep you away from friends or family or anything or not that didn't really happen in your relationship um or like jealous or anything not that she kept me away from friends we kind of really did every single thing together. She was actually had more of an advantage where um, she came there with a few people she knew from her high school. So we really just hang out, hung out with them most of the time. And uh, it just, it didn't seem like I had very much time to make friends of my own. Um, like I said, I'm very introverted and, you know, by the time I was kind of thinking I could be friends with someone, I was afraid that I couldn't go hang out with them um, unless she was there. I didn't really have my own space to myself. So um, I really just, uh, it was me just going where she went, right. going to events she was at or having to wait for her until she was done. Um, it was all about her. Yeah. Okay. And, um, so I asked, when did you realize you were being emotionally abused? Was there like a time where you realized that or was it until after the relationship? It was, I was sitting in a class, um, cause I did like social sciences major, um, where we did have a section covered on domestic violence and the guest speaker came in and, um, passed out these forms showing us different triggers in the honeymoon cycle, um, abuse cycle with all the stages on it and um, like a checklist 
of things to look out for. And I remember being able to check off like 90% of that page, which it shocked me. And I really had to keep myself from crying in the middle of class. I, I just, it's hard to think that you have fallen victim to that type of relationship. Right. Wow. So that, that makes me think about those kind of programs are actually really good to be enforced in schools because sometimes I'm sure they wonder, well, are these programs enforcing anything? Are they even helpful to students? But it seemed like it helped you, so that's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been talking, well, we've been discussing in class, in other classes, how um, education on IPV needs to be more accessible to everybody, um, including, you know, relationships about not about um, homosexual relationships too, because sometimes you can read, like in movies or the media, you can heterosexual couples. You see that a lot, and maybe you can't relate as you know a lesbian couple or gay couple. You might think, well, that doesn't happen in these kinds of relationships. Um, but that's I'm really glad that you had that um, speaker come in. Yeah, me too. Who knows where I'd be now? <laughs> right. Wow. Um, let's see. So did you see any of the warning signs you said previously no until the speaker came in? And um, how did how did you get out of that? Out of the relationship? Yeah. It took a couple tries. Um, she was really good at making me feel very guilty for anything I did, anything I felt or expressed. And I remember the first few times I tried to break it off, it just made it seem, she just made it seem like um, I was the one not trying. I was the one kind of stonewalling um, that it's not her fault. And, you know, I would cry, I would fall for the whole crying scene and be like, okay, well, you know, things have got to change because it's not fair how I'm being treated and Mm -hmm. I'm being made feel bad for everything. But of course, you know, you get to that honeymoon stage, like in the abuse cycle and it just starts all over again. And, you know, I just, I just couldn't. She, I remember that morning, you know, I, I tried to write her a whole letter, you know, so that I wouldn't have to face her again to tell her I didn't want to be with her. And um, I couldn't do it. I folded it up and I put it away um, and I cried for hours until she woke up and she tried to come and give me a hug. And I just said, no, I can't. I don't want to anymore. And she knew exactly what I was talking about because, you know, I said I tried it multiple times before. And I mean, I don't know what clicked in her mind to say, okay, that's fine. And did you have support from friends or family or anything? Like, did anyone know about it, or did you keep it to yourself? Yeah, at that point, um, I had you, which for a long time you've been telling me that, you know, it wasn't good for me and to break it off. And luckily, I had um, another friend from high school that ended up transferring over there, um, the following fall semester and I would talk to her a lot about it 
and she had she uh, was very supportive. She would meet me. Um, I kind of would meet her during the times that I knew my ex would be sleeping mm. or um, when she would be busy, so um, so that she wouldn't have to tag along or anything. Right. That's great. Um, I know a lot of situations of IPV, sometimes family don't even know about it. Like, for example, my, my parents, our family never about knew, never knew about it. So I'm glad we had support, even if it was two friends or whatever. Um, can you relate the, your relationship to that of your parents? Um, in a lot of ways, yes, because, I mean, it was a lot louder with my parents, the fights and everything like that. Um, the language was a bit more harsh mm-hmm. between them, but I would still see that whole like power control dynamic mm-hmm. or mind games type of thing or okay. dominance. Yeah, like that. yeah, and I think it's important for everyone, um, like in the public or every relationship, to know that there's not one specific image that. Uh, portrays like all IPV like there's different you know um, versions different yeah. like you just said yours is very different than your parents but it doesn't make it any better yeah or or worse. or worse yeah like there's they're all different yeah. which is also hard because sometimes you might not be able to see like maybe you're getting emotionally abused but oh well he's not hitting me or yeah and um we talked about this a little bit, but do you think there should be more awareness on IPV in all types of relationships, including uh, lesbian couples? Yeah, and I think that it should be taught earlier because I'm sure this is something that are that's probably going on in high school. Mm-hmm. Like people in high school get into very serious relationships very quickly, and they're sometimes even more afraid to speak out about it. And I'm sure um, if they had more knowledge about warning signs and the cycles and things like that, prevention could happen much sooner. Right. Well, thanks for sharing. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Uh, no, maybe just, you know, if, if you have anyone that you might suspect or could really um, use this knowledge, talk to them, and mm-hmm. let them know not that uh, anything they say, they don't have to be afraid to come to you, and you're not going to just take their story for granted. You know, it, it's serious in any occasion. I was lucky not to really experience the physical violence mm-hmm. of it, but who knows if it could have escalated to that. Right. I mean, there's a conditioning in abusers that kind of gets you used to being knocked down before they really put their hands on you to knock you down. Right. Well, thank you so much, Cindy Marie. It was so nice having you, and thank you for sharing your story. I'm sure um, it can help someone out there. And it inspired me and it made me think about how I'm, I'm really, really, like, really glad about the education that's out there right now. And it can only get better. So thank you so much. And 
Take care. Thank you. <laughs> Cinder Marie shared a different story that isn't usually covered by the media. This story may help you or others realize that this is a universal problem that can affect anybody, no matter what type of relationship. There is a need of more research and studies conducted on this issue. A study by Robin Lewis found that minority stress, anger, alcohol use, and alcohol-related problems play an important role in perpetration of psychological aggression and physical violence in lesbian women's intimate partner relationships. We don't hear about lesbian couples in the media, but we also don't hear about gay couples. My friend was in a relationship in which he experienced IPV. He met this man online and thought he was a man of his dreams, but eventually he realized he was living a nightmare. I conducted this interview via email. I asked him several questions about his experience with IPV. I will now share his answers. I asked Lewis a series of questions and the first one I asked was to describe your past relationship. Lewis responded, my past relationship in the beginning was like every other new relationship. You have butterflies, you're shy, and it was the most amazing feeling. But as time went on, he became more verbally abusive and he always put me down about how he was better than me at everything. He became a bully, but I stayed because I was blinded by what I thought was love. But I never would have imagined that it would get worse. Eventually, when I started sticking up for myself, he got controlling and he started getting physical. I asked, tell me how you met. Lewis responded, we met on a gay dating app. I was a new gay. I had just came out of the closet and didn't know much about gay life. Eventually, talking back and forth for a couple weeks, we finally met in person at a near at a park near my house. I asked, how long were you together? Lewis responded, we were together for about six months. I asked, did the IPV start immediately? Lewis responded, the abuse started about three months of being together, so mid-relationship. I asked, did you see the warning signs? Lewis responded, I saw the warning signs, but I was too in love, or at least I thought I knew I what it was, but I saw the signs and ignored them. I asked, how did he make you feel? Lewis responded, he made me feel like I was nobody without him. He was 6'1 and I was 5'3. He was becoming a model. He would take these trips out of state for photo shoots. So I felt, I felt really intimidated and I felt like I was nobody without him. I asked, when did you realize you were being abused? Lewis responded, I noticed it was mostly verbal. He would say some things, but I ignored it. I asked, how were you able to leave this relationship? Lewis responded, me and my family moved to a different city and I changed my phone number and blocked him on everything. And I dropped out of school. Thank you for sharing your story, Lewis. This is a story that isn't commonly shared or spoken about. This will bring awareness to IPV and gay relationships. I would like you as the audience to feel like you can relate to these stories and take a look at your personal relationships. It can be difficult to notice and realize when one is in an abusive relationship. Some may even deny it. Research conducted by John Olive and colleagues elaborated on how gay men do not just normalize violence as being typical of couples close and turbulent relationships 
but they also normalize physical and mental injuries as part of being a man. This leads men to conceal IPV. About 11 million women and 5 million men who reported experiencing contact sexual violence, physical violence, or stalking by an intimate partner in their lifetime said they first experienced these forms of violence before the age of 18. IPV can occur at any age and in any type of relationship. Please speak to your friends and family about these issues. It's important to spread awareness. You never know who could be going through IPV. Just because you don't see physical bruises doesn't mean there isn't emotional or psychological abuse occurring. If you notice any of the warning signs in your relationship, please reach out to someone, either a friend or family member. Reach out for help. There are many resources out in the community. It is all confidential. A helpful website is www.thehotline.org. Once again, www.thehotline.org. And you may also call 1-800-799-7233. Once again, 1-800-799-7233. Please don't wait any longer. Just because it is better today does not mean it is over and will not occur again tomorrow. You deserve to feel safe and loved. It doesn't matter what your sexual orientation is. It doesn't matter if you are male or female. IPV can affect anybody. IPV affects many people all around the world. We mostly hear about heterosexuals experiencing IPV. We don't hear about the homosexual couples experiencing IPV. This podcast gave us more of an insight of IPV. We haven't even talked about transgender couples. That will be for the next episode. Thank you for listening and stay safe.